Hearts Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling, proudly brought to you by Changeover, standing at Burwood Stud for Nolan, Christine, Denning. Well, the big races this weekend, and there's big races are plenty. It starts on Friday night over in the West, the WA Pacing Cup, which kicks off the new Grand Circuit season. We've got the Hunter Cup on Saturday night. We've got the Great Southern Star. The Trotting Masters season starts as well this Friday night. One man that's going to be in all of the action down there in Melbourne this weekend is Gareth Hall. He joins us online now. Gareth, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. Yeah, it's one of the best weekends of harness racing. The WA Pacing Cup is nearly my favourite race of the Grand Circuit because it's always there's something that surprises you in a race like that over the longer trip across the park. And then here in Melbourne, we've got the Great Southern Star and a Hunter Cup that's got everybody talking. It's really built uh, momentum in the last couple of weeks. Unfortunately, we lose expensive ego, but um, can't wait to see who takes out that title this year. Well, let's talk about the Hunter Cup. Right now with Tab, King of Swing, $1.85 after landing the inside gate. Amazing Dream, who's drawn directly behind King of Swing, three eighty. Lock and Navarra, six fifty. Triple eight, eight dollars. Double figures, all other runners. Who wins it? I think King of Swings are moral, Chris. Now, he did get defeated, didn't he? When you caught him in a Blacks of Fate, he drew barrier one. There was a couple of horses to come out. Now, if Amazing Dream drew where our Uncle Sam um, drew in the, the Hunter Cup barrier number three, it would have made it interesting because Anthony Butt, he did cut King of Swing in half, mind you, and copped a bit of a penalty there in Queensland that night. Um, but she would have been a chance to cross him at the start. A chance. I don't think off that front road, Chris, that I don't see any of these horses crossing King of Swing, do you? No, I don't. I don't. No. And it's one of those things we keep talking about his gauge speed. He's not electric off the gate, but I think just looking at that front line, he's got he enough is. to hold up here. Yeah. yeah. So he leads. Amazing dream to defeat King of Swing. She needs a, a hot tempo. She needed an expensive ego to go and have a look for the breeze and David Moran to kick up and deliver some pace mid-race. Now, what's going to happen is that King of Swing will lead. Lead time won't be that flash. He'll go to the breeze lock and var art. And Dave Moran, I don't think he's as confident as he was, say, heading towards the back end of last year when he was up and about before that injury lock and var art. And he could put King away, and he proved that. But King's going to get an easy lead time. And then lock and var art, I don't think he can afford to make it into a war. So Dave will try and just rate his horse. And then from there, Amazing Dream needs to pace on doubt, sprint King a swing. So I can't see how the King gets beat, to tell you the truth, unless he's, unless he's not at his best. But even when he's not at his best, I still think he can win from that draw now. How did you grade the victory first up at Menangle last week? Just typical King of Swing. Everyone comes out. Oh, he hasn't come back, King of Swing. He hasn't... He hasn't returned like the old King of Swing. But you watch his races under Luke McCarthy. That's as well as he goes. He never races away from his rivals. I thought he went as well as expected. He'll improve big time from that run. I thought there was no problems with that performance. If you look back on, on previous runs with King. Okay. The other thing, with expensive ego coming what out... Do you think? And... What do you think, Chris? Uh, no, I thought he was more than okay. It was a, yeah. a very typical King of Swing tradesman-like run first up. 
I, I think we've all got this expectation because he's king of swing, he's just going to come out and shoot the lights out each and every time yeah. he steps out. But I think he just went through the motions last week and yeah. uh, that just ticked him over nicely for Saturday night. Just on, on the way this race could set up potentially on Saturday night, could it be a little bit of a boring race? If King of Swing leads and Lock and Varat sits outside him, they're not going to go overly no. hard, you wouldn't think. So, and amazing dream in behind them. So does it become a, a little bit of a, a snooze there for a lot of people? I think so. I can't see Lock and Varat really sending it to, to King of Swing because... As Dave Moran pointed out, it hasn't been easy to get him back into full fitness. Now, I saw him straight after that race in the Ballarat Cup, and he was blowing a gale. And Dave Moran says, said to me after the race, I need to put more work into him. I'll have to miss next week, which was last Saturday in the Casey Classic. And I'll have to really up the ante at home to try and get this fitness into him. Now, it's difficult to get a horse like that after he's been to study the big bull to really go to war with a horse like a King of Swing, who even though that was first up from the Inter-Dominion last year, he's had a lot of racing under his belt. He's never really missed much work. He's he's always been in the, the McCarthy system. So I, I think that he'll just sit outside of King of Swing and then maybe put it to him at the 1,200-metre mark. I think the big danger to King, if there is any, is Spirit of St. Louis. To me, he's clearly the second-best horse at the moment in the country. I think he surpassed. A Lock and Varat. Now, Lock and Varat probably change all of that once he gets more fitness under his belt. But he went past Expensive Ego for mine. I've got him trailing Lock and Varat. He'll sprint hard at King of Swing. Whether he can out-sprint him, time will tell. But I think he's the biggest danger to King. Okay, well, he's currently at $10, Spirit of St. Louis. Just with Amazing Dream, the last mare to win a Hunter Cup was Blossom Lady. Anthony Buck yeah. had the drive on that night, and he's driving Amazing Dream. So... He knows what's required, but can she do it? Well, I think she needed a couple of other big guns in that race, like an expensive Vard or King of Swing to really work to the front. And she's a horse that you saw it last week. She's right on the back of Spirit of St. Louis. And she lost his back after Spirit of St. Louis sprinted for that furlong. And then she was coming at him once again. She's a horse that needs the pace on, and they need to be coming home in around 27 and a half, 28. Um, for her to get over King. I don't think that'll be the case there on Saturday night. So she'll run in the top three or four for mine. And she is a wonderful mare, 10-time Group 1 winning mare. And she's defeated horses like King of Swing before. But that's when King had to work overtime and he was vulnerable late. I don't think he was, I don't think he's vulnerable on Saturday night. Okay, so a firm uh, tick for you for King of Swing to win the Hunter Cup. What about yeah. Friday night? Great Southern Star. We've got these two heats early in the program. They come back a little bit later for the final. It's an amazing concept. Tornado Valley goes around as favourite in heat number one. Uh, can he do it from that inside draw? 100% he can. He loves this time of the year. And he says he's going as well as ever in a way. Um, he doesn't really handle racing outside of Melton. He hates being on the float. So you can forgive his effort there the other day. Then they go... He'll lead and lead for a long way there. Um, Sundance Courage is my roughie in that first heat. I think he can cross a lot of muscle. He's got no gates, be without using too much petrol ticket. And then probably sit on the back of a wobbly and always ready will probably go to the breeze. I think that he can still win three back the moving line if you go back to that effort at Shepparton three starts back. He was $31. I think he's a lot shorter. Now, just at the, the value. Rules don't apply 
Um, he galloped for no particular reason. I don't know how well he pulled up after that race there last Saturday night. So that's a question mark from mine. And Vacation Hill, I wanted to tip her if she drew to leave. Luke McCarthy drives. I've got a lot of respect for her. So I don't think I think he's the horse to beat Tornado Valley, but I think Sundon's courage may be some value there in that first heat. Okay, what about heat two? Equal favourites with Tab. I'm ready, Jet Majestuoso. Two seventy each of two. Do you know how I've gone here? And it's a it's just a spec tip in a way. Majestic man. Now he's been disappointing since. He's probably been disappointing when he was in New Zealand, and he and he hasn't been Anthony Barton, Sonia Smith hasn't haven't really been able to get him into the form that we saw this time last year. But I just think this race might set up well for him. I'm ready. Jet will have to be burned off the gate from one. Majestuoso will want to leave. Temporal will try and come out the gate, and Elder Baron Ravani only knows one way. She needs to lead for mine, and they will throw everything at her to try and do that. So I reckon the pace will be on in the early part. Majestic Man follows through on Majestuoso's back. If Anthony Buck can fix that problem, he believes that Majestic Man had trouble breathing. It was a, it was, it was a palate issue. He believes that he can turn that around. If he does that, that Majestic Man, at a price, I think at his best, could run over the top of them if they go mad. So it's a spec bit because I can't really work out that speed map at the moment, because I'm ready. Jet's got better gate speed than you expect, Chris. Mm. Okay, well he's nine dollars two forty-five the place right now, Majestic Man. Yeah, it's a tough. Mm. I can't work out the Great Southern Star because these trotters have been taking turns of late, and Barry draws play a part, especially in the final. So um, it's a difficult race because even in the final last year, they went slower in the final than they did in the, the heats. So I think you'd nearly have to wait for the barrier draw for the final. But um, I think the barrier draws have made the race because it's like you haven't got Majestuoso leading for fun for mine. I think there's speed out wide. So, no, I think they're intriguing contests. I love the concept and I'm looking forward to yeah. it on, on Friday night. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, Quickly I before you go, you're confident. Like, there's, not real, there's not much confidence in those heats from a punting perspective anyway. Understood. Now, quickly, you mentioned the WA Pacing Cup Friday night at Gloucester Park. Chicago Bull favourite at three fifty. Are you surprised by that? Well, I didn't think he went too bad the other day. He was yeah, three wide without cover. He went one fifty five, and I don't tell me another horse in the in, in the world that could have done what he did and finished closer. There's probably they would have finished closer, but they definitely couldn't have won with that run. And he's not the old Chicago Bull we know. Um, mm. He's had those problems. But Gary Hill Senior, I don't think I've ever seen, along with the Purdens, a trainer that can get his horses primed for these big nights. His records suggest that. 10 pacing cups, or 11 pacing cups, 10 Fremantle cups, something ridiculous like that. Um, I don't know, like I know you you love your harness racing in Perth as well. I've got Mighty Conqueror trying to lead or maybe working to the front. Hampton Banner's got terrific gate speed. Interesting to see Joslyn Young replaces Chris Lewis, who is not vaccinated, so he can't participate in the sport now in Perth. Um, Magnificent Storm will go forward. Bell Catherine will want to be in that early part. Um, and Hurricane Harley needs to lead, but I don't think he can cross Magnificent Storm. Now, Minstrel and Chicago Bull are going to get great runs throughout. It's a tough one. Bull's too short for mine at three fifty. I think Minstrel at each way price is not a bad bet. Um, the winning chair, I've got, Miracle Moose can win. Um, I th- I'm, I'm taking on Magnificent Storm. I'm taking on Belle Catherine and those type of horses. 
Miracle Moose, Minstrel, Chicago Bull, and Patronus Star are the winning chances for mine. All right. Well, that promises to be a great race, as always, the WA Pacing Cup Friday night. Gareth, as always, amazing. Really looking forward to the coverage you're going to provide across the weekend. It's a huge weekend, Friday night, Saturday night. Feature racing a plenty. Really look forward to it. Enjoy yourself. Good on you, Chris. Thanks for that. Mobile Rolling on Radio Tab. And Chris, you just talked about the big one in the West, and we've got a major player joining us now on Mobile Rolling. Yeah, one of the best in the West, there's no doubt about it. But Christopher Vogt, the man in the pink car, he was the leading driver in WA only two seasons ago, had a huge year with so many winners, and he's driving one of the key runners on uh, Friday night in the Cup because he's so unknown at this level. We're talking about number five, Papanik. He comes into this race with great winning form, he's got winning form, and he's got a front-row draw. So where does he sit? Well, let's ask the man himself. He knows him probably better than most. Chris, good morning. Yeah, hi, Chris. How are you going? I'm really well. Where does he sit, Papanik, on Friday night? Well, it's, it's still a question. I, Well, no one knows, I suppose. And even myself, he, he's never actually been over the 2,900 metres before. I think on uh, raw ability and, and sheer speed, um, I think he could potentially be one of the better horses. I, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to drive at um, Open Company ranks in WA. Okay. I want to get your thoughts on the Fremantle Cup and the barrier draw conducted earlier in the week. Uh, A lot has changed since the Fremantle Cup. Magnificent Storm was beaten again last week. This looks like it's wide open, the pacing cup. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that comment. Um, I think the the barrier draw, I was actually at the barrier draw in the last two numbers to, to come to, to be picked were barrier one and eleven and obviously there was Miracle Moose and Chicago Bull and um, I know one for myself I was sure hoping Chicago Bull didn't get barrier one. Um, and the way that went with him getting eleven, um, the race, yeah, it's it's anyone's it's anyone's um, game I suppose. Well he's currently the favourite Chicago Bull. Um, are you surprised by that? How did you grade him in the Fremantle Cup? Yeah, he was, I mean, he had a horrid trip, uh, trap three wide. He was obviously never going to, to be in the finish after not not uh, achieving the breeze position. Uh, he's, he's been very, very good, there's no doubt. One thing um, I know for a fact is the 2,900 metres, usually it's your, your old war horses that have been in battle, you know, 100 times and been over the trip, and, and he is actually one of those war horses in this race. There's a lot of young blood not just only Papanik, but a number of horses that have never been over 2,900 metres um, in this field. So uh, you look at last year's winner, Bolton 10, um, I think I drove, I drove um, Perfect Major and the distance saw him out in the end and, and he had a favourable trip and yet it was Chicago Bull and Bolton 10 that fought it out to the finish. So I think he has the edge um, on seasoning for sure, is Chicago Bull. Um, Minstrel's going to achieve a beautiful soft trip, but um, whether they, they they would like that, I think that horse has um, superior talent. Something like Patrona Star is another horse that, um, you know, sit in sprint capacity. So I think that has an advantage in the race also. Okay, and what about Magnificent Storm? He was all the rage going into the Fremantle Cup. He had that torrid trip there. He got beaten again last week. Where's he at as far as you're concerned? Oh, look, 
I, I think his run was, was excellent last, last week. Um, I know that the quarters had dirty up the bat, um, but he, he circumnavigated the field, and, and it was one of the quicker quicker mile rates you'll see over, over that journey. And, and I know not taking anything away from Miracle Moose, but it had the trip of, it had the trip of, of the field. It, it did no work. It just sniped from the 400. So um, I think Magnificent Storm will be uh, benefited from that run, and uh, he still he hasn't done he hasn't done a whole lot wrong in his career. So he's a certain player as well. Okay. Let's focus on your running now for a second. Papanek, he's, he's a six-year-old. He's won 13 from 19. He's won four of his last five. He's bolted in, winning his last two, and he's been very authoritative with those victories. Were you happy with gate five? Yeah, I, I mean, I would have preferred something closer to, to, the, to the rail, but um, I suppose it's not the end of the world as he's... Um, oh, well, I, have, I was very clear in what, what I've the way I would drive him and um, in my mind I would say is to sit and sprint him uh, he looks like he's going to be able to get to the back of something like Petrona Star and follow up Chicago Bull when they make their run so it's not a, it's not a bad draw in my opinion Okay so is that his best asset the fact that he's you know a versatile type but he's a very lethal sit sprinter Yeah well, I think his speed um, is certainly his best asset, and I I would say, look from from his first preparation to the preparation he's he's had now, he's developed superior strength. Obviously, the horse has had a number of problems along his career. That's why he didn't race much at two and three. Um, but his head check's gone out about six holes from from this prep compared to last prep. His hobbles have increased, I think, three inches from this prep to last prep. So, you know, he's certainly over his feet and knee, knee issues that plagued him with limited racing early in his career. And um, I think the continuous racing strengthened him. And I have no doubt he will be a better horse with another season of open class racing under his belt. Um, but I just... I know if he if he had that under his belt, I think he could he could actually roll forward and, and assume a forward position. But given his immaturity at this level, I think your, your hand is forced to drive him that one dimension um, in a race like this. Okay, that last start of victory basically assured him a start in the WA Pacing Cup. Did you have any doubt that he would gain a start this week? No, I didn't have any doubt. No, no, no. Look, I mean. He was just unlucky with the preparation into the Fremantle Cup. Um, basically, you've got to be winning at Open Company. That's that's a consensus here in the West. You, you want Open Class form to be getting into into a big race like the, the Fremantle Facing Cup. It was just unfortunate that he's, uh, he he had to get a, he he was nominated for a free for all the week before or two weeks before the the Fremantle Cup, and unfortunately all the big guns were nominated for that race as well. So he got balloted out of that. And, it just would have been a good race for him to show his talent against the good ones back then, and, and perhaps he would have got started in the Fremantle Cup. But as it went, he um, he won the consolation to the Freo Cup, and, and that got him a start in, in this week. And uh, I think uh, with the scratchings of Vampiro and Perfect Major, it um, it really made it quite easy to, to include him.
Okay. Ross Oliveri knows how to prepare a good horse. There's no doubt about it. You guys form a formidable combination. Uh, what, what's the vibe from Ross been like in lead up to the, uh, the Cup on Friday night? Yeah, look, he's, he's actually, after the barrier draw and the race, top last night, we went out to dinner. Um, he's, he's very confident. He, uh, my opinion was after his last performance, he's actually a couple of runs short. He um, got through the line okay, but just, I think he ran out of steam the last last 150. Um, and, yeah, Ross told me last night he said he thinks definitely, and... Um, he, he gallops at home, this is that horse, he doesn't do any fast work, and uh, his gallop work has been as good as any horse he said he's had gallop on his top. Okay. You've basically been driving in the WA Pacing Cup for the last decade now. Do, do you think Papanick is your best chance to win it? Yeah, I, I actually do. I, um, funny you asked me that question. I said that to Ross last night at dinner. I, uh, even with him in the past, say, since probably Dasha V C and Crombie, I, I would say that uh, I don't think, on all the comment I had, I said, I don't think we've had a horse with the talented enough to be able to fit in the running line and make a sweeping, route, a sweeping run from the five to 600. I think all the other pass runners I've had, or um, and even Ross, we, we've sort of had to drive them up the rail and look for the shortcuts and get lucky. Where I think this horse is, a, is one that... Um, necessarily doesn't need to be driven that way and he may not win it Friday but um, his prospects moving forward I just know from the field the horses give it how much he's improved from one preparation to the next um, in, in regard to his strength, he's always had the little speed and uh, he's only getting better so I'm very very happy to be sitting behind this horse not not only for Friday, but um, future races to come. OK, well, that's a really good push. you got the awards night tonight. Are you up for any awards? <laughs> no, no, maybe worse stress. <laughs> How's the golf game going for you at the moment? Uh, well, I haven't, uh, to be honest, Chris, I haven't been playing a whole lot. With me and my wife, um, oh, we just, I just got married um, November last year, and... Um, we're sort of still still paying the debts out of that, I suppose. And um, we've got a couple of horses of our own in work and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, golf's taking a bit of a a bit of a, a backseat at the moment. However, I am actually playing golf today in an Ambrose event with um, someone you might know well, John Hunt. Yes. Yes, okay. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, really appreciate the time. I'll let you go and swing those clubs. Best of luck on Friday night. Here's hoping the man in the pink car can bring up his first WA pacing cup. No, thank you very much for having me and keep up the good work. Get John to call the golf pink cart. <laughs> Further back in the field. Get him to call it. By oh, the no, arms. No, Magnificent no, storm. If you got him, to, he just wouldn't stop. <laughs> By the pub. All right. <laughs> no worries. Thanks, Chris. Shut up, but uh, Chris, mate, good man. So uh, yeah, Papanik, he's a he's a player. There's no mm. doubt about it. On Friday night, and right now, Steve, he's seventeen dollars, four fifty-five the place. Okay. So, mm, so he's an interesting runner, no doubt about mm. it. They're all WA horses, obviously with the the border lockdown. The East Coast horses can't get there, so they're all the locals, but. 
It's a very intriguing race. Tomorrow, Steve, I can outline that mm -hmm. Anthony Bunt's going to join us. Gary Hall Sr. is going to join us. Matty Young's going to join us. David Britt from Racing Queensland will join us. So we've got plenty to talk about tomorrow. But we need to find a winner for tonight. Harness Racing at Redcliffe, our man, is Darren Clayton. He joins us each and every Wednesday and every Friday. He's online with us now. Darren, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Good morning, Steve. And good to hear Chris talk about Papernick there for those... Uh, racing fans that are good fans of Seinfeld, Tappanick was the name of the horse that Kramer wins a heap of money on when he goes to the off-track betting shop. And guess who called that race? Michael Rohn. He did too. So, yeah, an absolute thrill bit, out of that, Mike. I know that for a fact. Absolutely thrilled. Because they had to ask him, obviously. Could they use his call? <laughs> he should have got some royalties out of it. Anyway. <laughs> well... We've learned something. I've certainly learned something today. What's your best bet for tonight, Darren? Yeah, so Redcliffe tonight, uh, big 10 race card. Race three, horse number two, Rainbow Jet. Geez, he was mighty brave last week. Did all the work, sat outside the leader from gate five. Um, somehow just went within a whisker of the prize. Gets to gate two this, tonight. I think he can cross the one. From the front, he'll be a, a mighty hard horse to beat. Race three, number two, Rainbow Jet. 280 currently with Tab, so there's some um, uh, good value there with Rainbow Jet as Darren's best bet. What else takes your fancy tonight? Yeah, I thought the race earlier, I thought Keyang Tara gets her chance from gate one. Hasn't had a decent barrier for a while, so um, she'll certainly appreciate gate one. Has has good early speed, so um, certainly gets the options there. Can take a trail if need be, if, uh, if there's too much pressure early. But uh, I thought the improved alley and the way she hit the line last time, it's only beaten her neck. I think she gets every chance. Race two, number one, Kiang Tara. Okay, race two, number one, Kiang Tara, currently at $2.40. Tab main quaddy tonight, races five, six, seven and eight. What have you mapped out for us? Yeah, I thought uh, race five, a good idea. It's come up short again, but that didn't help him last week. He got posted and had to retreat to the tail. I thought he could win again, but um, also include numbers three, Devil Sticks. He hasn't been too far away. He's four of his last five he's managed to place. And Private Juge on this old boy, he's found a bit of a purple patch and he shoots for three on the bounce. So even though the four good ideal is odds on, uh, we'll throw in the three and the five as well. Okay, so three, four, five, race six, first leg of the treble. How many are we playing? Yeah, I thought we could just go two two horses in this one. Man of Lisa, a gate speed horse, and likes to roll in front, so that gives him his opportunity. But that also then brings number seven go away right into the picture. She's in good form, a win and a few placings that have passed. Um, well, she's hit the board in six of her past seven. Last time out, she drew gate nine and I uh, wasn't far away. So from gate seven, provided she gets the passing lane with momentum, I think she'll be too good. So one and seven in that second leg. Okay, race number seven wrapping up the daily double. This looks open. It's, it's wide open and there'd be a case to play the field. And um, that said, I'll, I'll play pretty wide with four runners, but... Uh, yeah, definitely go wide on this one. I've got Lord Denzel on top um, with no confidence whatsoever, especially from that second line. But he wasn't too far away. Last time he got second behind Regrettable. Regrettable's a mirroring form. She's won her past three. Freemarks Indy, number nine. Um, 
chased home behind She's All Star last time, but sort of wasn't really in the in the picture. But if she gets a trail home, she can certainly make her presence felt right about Chelsea. Gate speed mare might be able to just sneak across to the front from gate three. That'll give her an opportunity. And Ali Pink hasn't had a win for a while, and uh, but gate one, she'll certainly be in the mix. So playing very wide, and like I said, you can play the field, but we'll go one, three, eight, nine. Well, just to outline how wide that race is with Tab, they've got the favourite, Mini Delights, 480. They've got the outsider of the field at Jet Force. He's only $12. So it's a very compact market there for race seven. Tough one. If you can play wide, do so. And Darren, how do we finish it up? Race number eight, uh, favourite here with Tab is the Harris Hawk at 240. Yeah, I'm, I'm going back again with Sunny Cove. I think this guy, he's really going to be a nice horse once he works out what it's all about at the moment he's just very green he's only had the four starts he's won one of those um just he hasn't been able to get a a decent barrier or really um he's had to do work in his races and he's fired right up but i think in time this guy's going to be a pretty nice little horse for andrew millard so i've got him on top number six I'll put in number four, Senora Drujon. She'll be, uh, she'll enjoy the gate. Wasn't too far from Rose's uh, Sweet last time. Um, and the Harris Hawk, number nine, it's likely to run the favourite, but uh, it's going to face a bit of a task there from gate nine. So we'll go four, six, nine, and, and hope, hopefully Sunny Cove can uh, put his best foot forward tonight. Okay, so repeating your numbers for the quaddy tonight. First leg, three, four, and five. Second leg, one, and seven. Third leg, one, three, four, nine. And we finish off with numbers four, six, and nine. Your best bet is race three, number two. That's Rainbow Jet, 280. Make that 270. So the listeners are uh, taking that prize already. So he's now 270, 280 earlier when you labelled him. And Kiang Tara in race two. You're also keen on her chances. She's currently at $2.40. So that's Redcliffe tonight. 10 races, 5.22 start time.